talk about like early, easy entry to market, you know, as far as like real estate goes and just hospitality, if you have the zoning to make that happen and a supportive community around you, even as private owners that have land that they would like to do at their private resident, I mean, obviously like the cost of margins are considerable compared to any hospitality project. Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Sponstaneous, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at Sponstaneous.com. I'm your host, Zach Cruz. Enjoy the show. Hey everybody, Zach here. Quick question before we dive into today's chat. So are you ever scrolling on Instagram and you see these like ridiculously beautiful Airbnbs that look like they're fresh out of a dwell or restoration of hardware magazine? And have you ever wondered to yourself like how the heck are these hosts able to afford to furnish their spaces so elegantly? Well, I wondered this too until I found out that there's actually a secret that many of the best Airbnb hosts know that enable them to buy things like West Elm media consoles, crate and barrel couches, and parachute sheets at prices that you just really can't get anywhere else. And that secret? Well, it's Minoan, a completely free platform to purchase everything that you need for your short-term rental. If you have more than one short-term rental, chances are that you use some sort of system for your property management, right? Whether it's like a guestie or an uplisting. Well, Minoan is the system that hosts use for furnishing and refreshing their homes. Minoan provides hosts with a one-stop shop to get hundreds of discounts on the world's leading brands and a system where you can manage all of the ordering, all of the tracking, all of the returns, et cetera, in one place, which obviously just saves you a lot of time and money. Oh, and the best part, again, is that Minoan is totally free. Like, no membership fees, no annual dues, nada. Like, it's almost too good to be true, except for the fact that, well, it is true. <laughs> and if you thought Minoan couldn't get any better, well, that's actually where you would be wrong. So I want you to stay tuned for more info in just about 15 minutes from now that'll make you want to sign up for Minoan the minute this episode is over. All right, so stay tuned in just a few minutes and hear a little bit more about why you want to sign up for your free, totally free Minoan account the minute this podcast is over. In just a moment, you'll meet Jacob Halverson, the general manager of Mendocino Grove, a luxury glamping resort on 32 wooded acres in Mendocino County, California. After studying hospitality management at Lakeland University, Jacob started his career as a front desk manager at Custer State Park Resort in South Dakota. Since then, he's helped launch luxury boutique hotels, he started his own hospitality consultancy, and currently he serves as the general manager at Mendocino Grove. In this very lively conversation, Jacob and I discuss the massive opportunity that exists in the luxe glamping space, and we talk about how to increase revenue and profitability when you've reached the ceiling for what your nightly rate can be. We also talk about the future of experiential travel. This is a dynamic, fun conversation I learned a lot from Jacob. I think you all are going to really enjoy this chat. All right, without further ado, folks, get ready to meet Jacob. All right, Jacob, we we are live, my friend. How are you doing today on this fine, fine Friday? I'm doing well. How are you, Zach? I'm doing good, man. I am fresh off a shoot. 
which is always fun. Oh, it's always like you always get back and you're like a little tired, but like you're also energized. So I'm um, really looking forward to to our conversation today, primarily because I think Jacob that you're the first person I've had on the show who is is doing something in sort of like I, I don't even want to call it like glamping because it, it's it's more than that. But like I'm just gonna go with glamping. Yeah, go with it. <laughs> go with glamping. That's fine with us. Yeah. Um, and, and I am really, really excited to kind of dive into what you guys are doing at, uh, Mendocino Grove there. And, um, again, you've, we, we connected, I think maybe on Instagram and I saw your stuff. I was looking at your website and I have a, a cursory understanding of, of what you all do. And we got to briefly connect a couple of weeks ago, but I want to just dive in and, and hear from the horse's mouth, like what, what is Mendocino Grove and, and where does the story for Mendocino Grove begin? Yeah, for sure. So Mendocino Grove is a private glamping campground located on the Mendocino coast. We are a half a mile away from the village of Mendocino and just south of Big River Beach, um, which is pretty iconic. It's this where the ocean meets Big River and it's this cool little estuary, big bridge that you cross. It's kind of like the gateway to know that you're in Mendo and we're just south of that. and yeah, we're, we've got our setup. We started in 2016. Okay. Established. It's a husband and wife ownership team that basically are really just great at like visions and creating a sense of place. So specifically when, um, Teresa, the owner kind of walked the campground, it was in very derelict condition. It was broken down RVs, a lot of overgrown, the bathhouse, there was just one, um, and it, and was in dire need of repair. There's this little farm, this farmhouse that needed repair, old kind of cottage shack. So it was just like really kind of a lot of deferred maintenance and yeah. lack of love and care. Yeah. So just like kind of seeing through that and just being like, whoa, this could be really magical and people need to be here and get grounded here. And, um, you know, let's kind of create this. So it started with like five tents in the corner of the campground. And now we are eight years later you know, 60 tents, a commercial kitchen, two bathhouses, a sauna, commercial laundry, really amazing on-site living for our seasonal employees. It is definitely getting close to mini resort-esque <laughs> in a canvas tent. So like, as I was talking to you about, it's really hard to kind of walk that line of like being campground or mini resort. And I think we're doing it well but it is, a, it's luxe, you know, but still basic enough where you can feel like you're getting an outdoor experience, yeah. you know, it, like we don't have bathrooms in the tents, right? And I know that other glamping campgrounds and furnished cabins, um, outdoor properties are really pushing that. And yeah. I think that that's what takes you out of the glamping um, sector and and more to like a boutique, just like single occupancy condo as town, you know, yeah, like that's yeah, how it yeah. feels like more of a community and uh, a, like a planned community in that regard. So we do brand ourselves as a glamping campground, but yeah, it started as a derelict abandoned plot of 30 acres with a kind of farmhouse that was on it. It's crazy to look at like the old, like MOS real estate photos of it because <laughs> it's like, um, wow, this is not the same. It's definitely like now a real, um, a real sense of place that we're proud of. Like we're really proud of it. Like our team is great and our stakeholders are great. So yeah, it's fun to work on. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those places, but like by the photos, I, 
I, I, I feel like, like my wife, for example, we've talked about, like I grew up going camping um, and, you know, she kind of ish did, but like, like the idea of us going camping now is, is just, it's, I have to really, really, really beg. And to be candid, like I'm at a point now where I'm like, I don't know that I want to go sleep in the cold, right. In like a dirty tent in the middle of the forest. Like I wish, I wish I was like, I wish I desired that. I you wish I was that cool. To, you don't have to stay being that person, Zach. You don't have to. You can let that go. You can really let it's it go. It's just not cool, man. You're supposed to like want this like real like rustic like, dude, we were freezing cold. You know, I it rained all night. Do. We were wet. You know, like it was terrible, but it was awesome. Like I feel like that's what you're supposed to do say we, as a guy or whatever. We allow our guests to get a little edgy with it too. You know, I don't think that it's like so polished. I do think that like in the morning when I'm serving coffee and people are sitting by the fire, like, I do still get the comments of like, ooh, it was a little chilly last night. I'm like, I told you guys you need to go buy that beanie. Yeah. You know, so you can sleep with it. Um, but yeah, our setup is like heated mattress pads. Yeah, exactly. Um, so See? It's, like, yeah. it's mattresses, right? It's like a really comfy bed, heated mattress pad, and then quality linens, and then like a comforter with a duvet on it, and yeah. then a wool blanket. So like with all of that, like kind of weight and then the heat coming from the bottom, you are super comfortable, but your ears do get cold. So uh, that's why I do is like put on a little hat, put up the hoodie, like kind of cuddle in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do think that's the magic of the grove. It's like, that's the line I'm talking about. Yeah. Like you can still feel like you're getting out of your element, you know, yeah. and like get the personal growth from that without suffering yeah right you're still like enjoying and living your best life well and and um, like and that and honestly that's one of the reasons i want to talk to you because i feel like what's uh, folks are interested in this space uh specifically because i mean just to be a hundred percent candid right it's it's from a from a cost perspective right getting up and running with something like a a, a glamping resort right is significantly cheaper right than trying to build any sort of other sort of structure right um and and it, the way that you guys are, are doing it is really cool because you as you mentioned i think you have 60 tents now you, you can pack a lot of people right on in, in like a relatively you know small area um and that allows you to sort of like have this really cool blank canvas for reimagining like a different kind of camping experience and i want to get into all that because you guys are doing some really cool things with amenities and and whatnot but and i love the business side so i'll talk business too we talk about like early easy entry to market yeah you know, as far as like real estate goes and just hospitality if you have the zoning to make that happen and a supportive community around you even as private owners that have land that they would like to do with their private resident i mean obviously like the cost of margins are considerable compared to any hospitality project yeah even like, you know, a company like AutoCamp, there's a significant investment in the upfront Airstream, whatever, whatever corporate discounts they have now because of volume is still an expense that I would imagine is higher than what my setup is. For yeah, the entry point is just, the entry point yeah. is just, is significantly more expensive, right? All right, friends, it's me again with just a wee bit more info about our friends at 
Minoan. So in addition to providing hosts with a completely free system to help streamline furnishing and granting hosts access to hundreds of discounts on the world's leading brands, Minoan also enables hosts to make their homes shoppable in a way that's subtle and also sophisticated. So here's an example of how this works. Let's say a guest sends you a message remarking how well they slept during their stay. And they ask, you know, what kind of mattress was in the master bedroom? Because when they get home, they want to buy a new mattress because again, they had just such a beautiful night's sleep, right? Well, as it turns out, it was a purple mattress that you had ordered via Minoan when you were furnishing your home. Well, if that guest does go and buy a purple mattress, Minoan thinks that you should get a cut of that sale, right? After all, it was a great night's sleep on your mattress that convinced this guest that they had to have the same one. So Minoan's technology enables hosts to earn commissions on everything from mattresses to coffee makers and soaps to sofas. You can save on high-end furnishings upfront, and then if you want, you have the ability to earn cash money whenever your guests buy the products that they fell in love with while they were staying at your vacation rental. So again, you don't have to do this, right? You can just use Minoan to buy these incredible, glorious furnishings for your home. You don't also have to make your home shoppable, but if you wanted to do that, Minoan provides a really easy, simple way to do this that does not you know, disturb guest experience. It's not like there's like price tags on everything, right? Like it's a very subtle, very sophisticated, kind of like one little QR code uh, that you can put anywhere in your in your home and folks can go in and, and explore the, um, the furnishings uh, around your space just by quickly scanning that, that QR code. You could throw it in your, you know, on your kitchen sink, near your kitchen sink, or you could put it, you know, near, uh, near the guest bedroom, whatever it might be, right? Um, so I want you to take a moment right after this conversation, or you could pause the episode and do this right now. And I want you to sign up for a free account at MinoanExperience.com. Please, please, please tell the folks there that Zach from Behind the Stays sent you their way. Just head on over to Minoan. That's M-I-N-O-A-N, experience.com. And again, be sure to tell them that Zach from Behind the Stays sent you their way. Thanks, guys. Really, really appreciate you taking some time to check out Minoan and let me know what you think about their offerings. So I, I, like, what? Talk, talk to us a little bit about sort of the actual tents like what what tents are these that you guys are buying like what mattresses are you buying like like how how did you guys decide what the the bare minimum that you needed right to, to have this kind of cool luxe camping experience um how did you sort of straddle that line between what what you needed to spend to create that space what you needed to include in the tent what you didn't need to include in the tent how walk us through a little bit about how you guys hashed through that Sure. And I would say that I definitely can't take responsibility for all of that because I'm, you know, this is my fourth season now, third year. So there was a lot of setup before, but I actually think that I probably stripped some of it away as becoming the general manager. Yeah. And a lot of that is because of volume. So yeah. to your, to your piece, there is a constant conversation of what is adequate, what is lux, are we providing enough? Is it, you know, too much? That's a constant conversation, but um first question davis tent company okay. is who we get our tents from they're out of colorado um owned by will marquette this is really like the best owner of a company that i think i've ever he's just so kind always willing to take our conversation and he's big now like davis tent they're making a lot yeah. of tents yeah he's doing he's doing pop-up stuff at coachella he's doing all their like tents there and so like they're booming now and i'm happy for will but we've been working on that relationship now for eight seasons. So we basically have a custom tent that's like Mendocino Grove tent. Okay, nice. I'm sure it's getting duplicated in some future models, but <laughs> we've worked really hard with Will to create that custom tent experience based 
really modified specifically to our coast, our climate, our materials, what works near the ocean. We get a lot of moisture. You know, we have these pockets of shades and sun. We're more susceptible than mold for mold than if you were in Joshua Tree, for example. Yeah. You know, so we have all of these considerations um, to to take into account when creating this tent. And we have worked on this design now for seven years with wow. Will. Um, and you're just and constantly like tinkering with it, basically. Constantly tinkering it, and yeah. especially like we've ten x the tinkering. We've gotten really hyper focused in the last three years on the customization, probably more than the years past. Um, so we're there. So we're very fortunate to have Will as a partner and a vendor in that regard. Yeah. Um, so Davis tenses that the decision to put on decks was pretty easy, right? Get it off the ground, get some separation, get some airflow. Yep. Um, each tent has their own fire pit and picnic table. So that's a nod to the state park system there, right? Like what you would pull into a state park tent site is like standard metal ring, yep. round picnic table. So yep. we are calling back to kind of that nostalgic um, vibe in regards to the setup around the picnic table and the fire pits. And um, the furnishings, when you have less tents, it's so easy to like, make like like i think first season there's like flowers every day in the room yeah. and like plants and like you know like teresa and one of the owners was like delivering like food baskets in the morning and it was like their kids on a golf cart like it was like really this amazing and still is family homegrown thing yeah but as you scale it's just not it's, it's hard to, yeah yeah to deliver that in the same way right yeah. so instead of delivered food baskets we now have guests come to our common area for the complimentary breakfast yeah, right so, yeah 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 um we're bootleg we're not bootlegging i mean we're putting it in but we're doing espresso bar this season so we're always trying to find something to add and in regards to tent furnishings it's just based on feedback from guests yeah like we listen we're agile and we make it happen so um, do you guys have any like yeah, it's replicated 60 times is there any is there any like solar power in in the tent or anything like that like like can people charge their phones or like yeah we work? have trench power okay um so yeah there's outlets in the tents for personal electronic devices and then we put usb chargers in the lamps you know so there's plenty of opportunity to do that we have wi-fi in our common space so if you need to work or jump in we've got that yeah we also as part of our commercial kitchen kind of like complex we built a conference space and a, an apartment. So we're really like trying to cater to our individual travelers that are just like big fans, you know, as soon as school gets out through when school gets in. And then like every other hospitality salesperson in this country, we'd love to have corporate groups in the shoulder seasons <laughs> where there's no bookings, right? So we're playing the typical hotel game. Like we're in that hospitality world and we see ourselves as a hospitality business. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I mean, absolutely. And would you guys have, like, competition in the area? Like, who, like who's competing with Mendocino Grove in, in, like, a, in, like, a meaningful way? Sure, yeah. I think in our immediate area, not so much. Yeah. I mean, there is um, some, there is a glamping campground, like, outside of, like, Santa Rosa, which is about two hours south of us. And then I'm pretty sure Auto Camp went into the Russian River, which is also just, like, near Santa Rosa. So, that might be the closest, but that I, just the way that the setup is of those two properties, it's definitely they don't have as much 
um, space as we do. Yeah. So it's yeah, just yeah. a different vibe. It's more of like kind of quick camping vibe, if you will. Yeah. Um, where ours is like, you can really spend three days and like kind of decompress. Yeah. Um, other than that, I would say like Ventana and Big Sur is who we get compared to the most. Okay. Um, and that's now just like very, it's a very kind of corporate offering. So um, it's different, but that's our biggest comparison and there's Southern California market. Yep. So we're kind of it for the NorCal market. And, um, yeah, we're proud of that. We've got like 35,000 followers on Instagram or 36. I don't even know what it is now. Yeah. Uh, you know, and the big, nice reviews from all of our, all of our guests on TripAdvisor. So it's very humbling because I've been in hospitality as a GM for almost 10 years now. Wow. And hotel openings, project management, renovations. And um, yeah, you just don't always get to work at a place where people, both employees and guests are genuinely enjoying their experience. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and I think like what's cool is you guys are, are bridging like this, this is like really like interesting, um, uh, in, I don't even know if bridging is the right word. You're, you're meeting this interesting need in the market, which is like your you're, you're, you're being able, you're, you're creating an experience, right. That is very nostalgic for people, right. Going camping, right. With your family. And many people did that, right. Like whether it was once a year or, you know, I've got friends who were camping with their family, like almost every weekend. Right. I grew up in, in Hawaii and there was this like, you know, you could camp pretty much on any beach. Right. And people did that a lot. Like it was very common. Like, you know, you, that's what you do with your friends. You'd go camping for the weekend. Right. Like, um, and and so you guys you guys are creating an experience that is nostalgic, but then what you're also doing is you're you're layering on this like higher end component to it, and then you also have this like community aspect to it, right? Where you guys have like events that you 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 throw. You've got like this communal breakfast, right? But then beyond that, you like musicians come, right? You guys you guys right. have like a little amphitheater or something like that, right? So like so you you've, you've created this very very sort of like unique experience. But you're delivering a unique experience, and I'm going to get to. I'm going to ask you these questions in a second about what it actually costs. But I would imagine, right? Like, it's you're 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 not spending nearly as much as you might spend if you were to go to an actual resort, right? Uh, and and have sort of a, a similar esque, you know, uh, experience in terms of like amenities and whatnot. So, so it, you guys have carved out this really unique kind of space uh, for yourselves. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about sort of the community elements? And then I'd love to just hear like, like what does it cost to book a night stay at Mendocino Grove? Sure. Yeah. No, um, the community part is, is important because we are in a small town, like where, like the village of Mendocino is small and, you know, we, you have to rely on your partners in the community just and word of mouth and like, you know, and, for just to give you a perspective, like the closest Costco is an hour and 15 minutes away. Wow. Right. So yeah. just like, you know, talk about like, just like what our amenities of a business are, how do we, can we successfully cheat this at a lower, you know, we just don't have those options that other businesses have. So the community aspect is important and yes, how we're feeding that is where we last year was our first fall fest. So we're super excited to bring that back second year. We have our campfire series in which folks from, town can come to the campground it's not guest only it's everybody and listen to the musicians that we're inviting wow we also do this like dinner series that's typically coupled with the music so that you could come get your dinner listen to music by the fire hang out and then like go home and you know you live like 10 minutes away and the guests just walk back to their tent yeah um so that's really exciting for us and then you know like our we like to say yes you know so like last year we did like this um, mini market for vendors in the village to come and like 
do a vending for our guests and like hang out. And it was like this folk festival thing. So yeah, we're, um, we like to say yes. Teresa is so driven and such a good community stakeholder for what she does. She's on the board of a um, nonprofit that grows food at the high school and does wow. these CSAs. And yeah, I mean, it's really important, um, an important aspect of our business because our guests feel it. You yeah. Know? Like in Mendocino, it's really easy to be a coastal zooming out for a second, a coastal destination in which the people that live in that coastal destination have feel a certain type of way about tourists, right? Or it's like, Oh, you're the tourist. And yeah, sure. Some of that goes on in every town. I think other towns are amplified and impacted more um, by that emotional sentiment than folks in Mendo. Like we understand like tourism is important to our economy. We're not ignorant to that fact. Right. So like when when guests of the campground mix with the community members and the stakeholders, it's just like this amazing connection that is like giving back to the place that you're staying. Yeah. Right. Like you're donating your camaraderie, you're donating your openness to the community members. And that just like weaves this like really tighter fabric around like our identity of Mendocino Grove, Mendocino and the guests. Yeah. So from 50,000 foot perspective that's how i see it and that's what's that's kind of what i have seen unfold and these community events are really important to that yeah um also it feels like the guests are still feeling like i've paid for this and i get the separate piece so it is a balance not to like inundate these big groups or like outside members of the community or folks in the community that want to participate as well with guests right so because that can monopolize the guest experience so we're I'm like my brain is always thinking about um, these things. Yeah. You know? So wait, does it cost like if 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 I'm a guest, right, and you're bringing in a musician mm. for your like campfire series or something like that? Mm. Like, do I pay extra to go like listen? No, that's all just kind of like included. It's like an activity. Okay. Wow. Correct. Yeah, you're not paying extra, and if you wanted to grab dinner, you can. But if you already had like, oh, we packed these like really cute camp kits, and we were all gonna grill on our fire pit or at the barbecue. Like that's cool. Grill it up and then come on by and just listen to the music. Yeah, yeah. So for cool. the for the campground guests, it's all like very much part of it and choose your own adventure, right? For the locals, if they're coming to the music, the expectation is that they're also participating in the dinner. Not yeah. saying that we enforce that so strong, but I think everyone kind of knows that that's the expectation. Sure, sure, absolutely. So, okay, what does it what does it cost? So, if I'm gonna come stay at Mendocino Grove, like. What am I paying for like a night or, or a weekend in one of your tents? Um, yeah. So what's great is we have a range of offerings, amenities, and prices to okay. kind of get you at whatever level you want to be in. So our um, our lowest price tent is 189 Okay. And that would be more interior of the campground, right? Closer to the bathhouse and the common spaces. It's more of like an accessible sure. tent. Um, there is more foot traffic. Um, because it is closer to those common areas and pedestrian traffic. So the prices kind of reflects that. Yep. But if you're like someone like me that needs to get up three times at night to go use a restroom yeah. and just like, it's, it's you know, convenient. go there, then it's fine. It's, <laughs> a, it's the best priced option and it's close to that amenities, right? <laughs> so it does fit the bill for folks. Um, and then we have, so that is furnished with one queen bed. Okay. And um, some of those also have kings. So you have your option there. And then we have a family tent, which is furnished with one queen and two twin beds. Okay. And we keep the family tents in a specific neighborhood, like two neighborhoods, so the kids can play. Nice. So that's very strategic as far as, like, the setup of the campground, too. Like, 
kids over here, couples and adults, yeah. single beds over there. So you can be on one side of the campground and have this like really fun, playful energy. And then just like walk 10 minutes. And then you're like in this very like serene, everyone's bundled and coupled up and booed up by their fire. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. it can, you can have a different experience on the same site. Um, so the family tents are around like 309 because of the occupancy. Yep. And then we have um, all different levels in between based on private sea. And if you and want location. an ocean yeah. view. Yeah. So there are some view tents, which are priced more that because you can see the village and the white water. And, you know, it's nice. Yeah. So yeah. We're, we've got the whole kind of accommodation mix in that regards. Yeah. No, so that... from 109 to like 319, I would say, is is a good range. Yeah. In terms of like what what's included in that, so obviously your your nightly stay, but then you said there's like a complimentary breakfast. Is there what what else is like included? We have in that? yoga available okay. wow. every morning. Um, we have a sauna. Okay. On site, and then complimentary breakfast and coffee. Obviously, it's, I like to say it's a breakfast snack. I mean, it's hearty. It's like an oatmeal bowl, and it's got like fresh fruit and all the toppings. And then you have coffee, tea, hot chocolate. Nice. And then. We're adding espresso this year, but it is going to be paid for. So you can have free complimentary drip coffee. Or if you are really jonesing for like an Americano or a latte, then you could just, you know, walk the 10 feet to get there. Nice. Um, but that's a nice comment. Uh, and then we also um, have massage available on site. Hmm. So, right. So we're paying for a massage therapist to basically be on call or whatnot or be available for that service. So. Um, I would say that that would should be considered an amenity as well. Absolutely, complimentary amenity. It is an amenity. Yeah. So, Who, who'd have ever think like who'd ever thought of that going camping and having a masseuse there? Like I. Just... Yeah, it's really magical. <laughs> and then my favorite kind of aspect, which I think is fun for the guests too, is like we have complimentary fire valet. So fire. We'll come oh. Deliver okay. your fire wood and come start your fire if you don't want to start or if you don't know how or if you've never been camping. Wow. So that's like what we can provide as far as like range. Like if you're brand new, never stayed outdoors, like or in a vinyl tent or whatever, canvas tent or any yeah. type of event, and you're like super nervous, you're like, I can't start my fire. I don't know how to do any of that. <laughs> you really do not have to know, right? Like we can literally take care of all of that piece for you. Or if you're just like, yeah, we get a lot of proud partners, and I will say that a lot of them are male identifying who are like, I don't need help starting this yeah. fire. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe you were camping 30 years ago. <laughs> but um, it, it, so, yeah. And then like 10 minutes later, it's like a little like tuck the tail behind the legs. Like, yeah. can you, can you start help our me? Fire? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So everyone gets a little humbled, yeah. you know, us <laughs> included. It's good. It's like, it's like, yeah, hey, you know, like that one that, you know, one day in Cub Scouts where like you learned how to like start the fire. Like it, it's, it's a little and you different. You know it forever. Yeah. 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 It's yeah, like yeah. Me saying, oh, yeah. I know how to drive stick shift. Yeah. I did like three laps in yeah. a manual car and all of a sudden, <laughs> know how to drive stick shift and i will go buy a stick shift off a lot not yeah. happen yeah not at all yeah and yeah like, so yeah, who who, so who comes like who like who are who are like some of your like guest you know personas if you will yeah guest personas um first time campers like people us i think we're considered millennials maybe we're elder millennials at this point zach but wait that was our generation first yeah and um, so <laughs> yeah i think i think you know, millennials that are just like, I have two days and I really need to disconnect. Now, like people with like very busy schedules that are like, this looks important. This looks amazing. It's aesthetically beautiful. I want to be a part of that aesthetics. Yeah. So, and I need a break. So I think there, it's a lot of that. 
And it's a lot of word of mouth of like, my friend stayed there last year. We are coming with them this year and that kind of profile. And is it mostly is it mostly people from the Bay Area or like who? Yeah, definitely okay. Bay Area and Sacramento. Okay. Those are our three big markets because like equal distance. Sacramento is like four hours, Bay Area is like three hours. Okay. So okay. drive three hours, camp for two days, drive home three hours, one highway, you know, like yeah. super easy. Yeah. And so you know, going from Sacramento, you're basically on the same highway forever. <laughs> yeah. And then you get to the coast. So um it's like logistically it's an easy place to get to it's three or four hours from those big markets got it and then like that have been like seasoned legit veteran campers who are in their 70s that are kind of wanting to rekindle some of that yeah but legit don't want to sleep on the floor anymore because they're past that in their life right yeah. so I mean, everything in between yeah yeah very cool hey guys it's zach if you're enjoying this episode could you do me two very quick favors First, this show is possible thanks to a handful of incredible organizations who've signed on to be advertising partners of Behind the Stays. It would mean the world to me if you'd take just a second to scroll down to the show notes and go learn more about this episode's sponsor. Even if you aren't in the market for agency support or a new PMS at the moment, it never hurts to be aware of who else is out there. And second, if you're listening to this episode on Spotify, could you be so kind as to give Behind the Stays a five-star rating? And if you're on Apple Podcasts, could you submit a quick review and let me know what you love most about the show? I know it seems trivial, but these things really, really do help us grow the show. And just a reminder that if you've ever got feedback from me on how to make the show better, shoot me an email directly at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com. You all really are the best. I love receiving your emails and DMs. All right, so check out the sponsor and leave us a rating and a review, please. All right, guys, back to the show. Talk to us a little bit about just like from an operation standpoint, right? Like what what are things that you guys have learned? Like how are you guys like at, at the end of a season, right? Um, year over year, obviously you've added a lot of amenities, you've grown, right? Like growth, growth costs money. But like talk to us a little about like your, your OPEX if you can and just what you guys have learned from a business standpoint about like, um, you, you know, the amenities that you need that have been like really successful and helping sort of increase sort of your, your nightly rates versus any lessons that you might have learned about like how, how we need to scale back in order to increase profitability. Well, I guess, what are some of the operation lessons that you've learned in the last four years since you've been general manager? Yeah, I love that question. Um, so kind of first thing that has come to mind is you learn a lot of your hiring practices because we are a seasonal um, business and we can provide housing. Um, we have like basically like increased the housing offerings that we have can provide in the last four years, I would say. Okay. Um, you know, we've, we've allowed a couple airstreams to get renovated and then also become employee housing. So I would say like the one lesson I learned is through hiring when I came and this still works, but, um, I work seasonal, like as my internship as a hospitality management undergrad. Okay. So I was like, I had this like personal vision of like, I'm going to get all hospitality management interns and like, they're going to be cross-trained in every department. And I was like, <laughs> make this amazing, elaborate training schedule. And it worked and we plowed through it. But I, it ended up being pretty stressful for my upper managers because they're like, wait, you know, it was like a little bit of a whirlwind of like- Too much of a learning curve. Yeah. Yeah, it was a constant training for them. They just always felt like they were training employees. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, well, yeah, because I want these young students to learn everything they can. Yeah. Um, so I was like all interns only. 
And then like second season was like, okay, let's do some summer seasonal with some internship and try to blend it. We'll hire folks specifically for departments and others can be trained in all departments. Right. Yeah. And then, so now I've kind of really slimmed that down to like two interns a year and then the rest seasonal employees hired per department. Yeah. So you learn a lot on what training you can fit in in a six month period. Yeah. And I think that's a, a big takeaway. Um, Amenities that increased commercial kitchen, I thought was important because now we're doing now we can say you don't have to hire an outside caterer for your corporate groups. We can handle breakfast, lunch and dinner on site regardless. Yeah. So that's that was really important um, piece of it in which I don't know if we raise room rates that much. We're feeling we're pretty much kind of closing in on what we're comfortable offering as our top rate, you know, yeah. and we'll just try to do get better service or get meaner, or get, you know, whatever that looks like from a PL standpoint. Yeah. That'll be to be determined, you know, obviously increase occupancy. Um, but, but increasing ADR is probably not going to be our, our pivot for the yeah. next five years. It's definitely going to be more occupancy driven, occupancy driven, occupancy. driven. Yeah. And I would but imagine too, just additional amenities, right? Like, you know, the, the espresso, right. And charging, you know, uh, increasing that exactly. price a little bit, you know, year over yeah. year and coffee drinks have better margins than food. So yep. can we do coffee, beer, and wine yeah. at those margins? Then let's say adding another technician, like a, like a sound healer on site, you know, yeah. like it <laughs> can we steer a little bit away from the wellness and lean in more into the food and beverage because yeah. the margins are a little bit better on that than wellness. Yeah. So I think for us, we've checked the wellness box. We're good. We got our yoga. We've got our massage. We've got our song. Yeah. Right. So now our, the next step is like, how can we audit our business and try to increase occupancy? Cause we're not really chasing rates anymore. Yeah. Um, things that have gone away let's see that i've learned and been like that's not gonna work um there you oh i think we've uh, been more efficient we switched to drive-through check-in which is a way better experience so um and that started out because of covid we just thought that that was the easiest way to operate and then it ended up being the most efficient way to operate and for the guests they don't mind because when they're queuing they're just in their comfortable car you know, yeah. like queuing to check in instead of like trying to find a parking spot, go to the and they've got like, all their bags in their hands. Of, yeah, 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 that was yeah. a little bit of a mess. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's something that we learned that um, in the last four years, like drive through check in is a hit. Yeah, and then directing people. Um, we've also learned um, we use text messaging, okay. um, which is a change since me taking ownership is using text to communicate with guests a lot. They get a pre arrival, they get a post stay. The post day really helps our trip advisor hmm. because if they give us a five, it will then prompt them like, hey, if you're willing to take two more minutes and shout us out on trip advisor, here it is. And it automatically like rolls that five star review over. Yeah. Like, yeah. So there's a lot of cool stuff that's happening with that. Um, Do you guys so. what 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 like platform are you using for that? Um, res it's through res nexus okay but other properties i've used zingle in the past um, okay. but this one is through res nexus okay okay yeah. and then in terms of like uh, your bookings like where where, where are they coming from like are you guys are you on like airbnb i imagine you're, are you like on the otas or is it all direct like what what is the percentage of like direct bookings versus bookings coming from otas yeah it's significantly direct you know which i which we're super That's proud amazing. of yeah um, yeah we're on ota it's going to be less than five percent otas i would say across all spectrum wow. airbnb booking.com 
as the two that we use the most for the marketing aspect. Um, we, we've dabbled in hip camp. We partnered with them for said fall fest. I was going to say, um, I feel like hip camp would be like, you're like a, a huge driver for you all No. Yeah. It, I think it is. I just, um, I think like we would be competing with ourselves by being on hip camp. Cause I feel like our guests that are already booking direct also yeah. use hip camp. Yeah. So I think we would be monopolizing our own direct bookings in that regard. Yeah. Interesting. Um, interesting. Yeah. So, and so then, how are people yeah. hearing about you through Instagram? Instagram, social media, yeah. and a lot of word of mouth. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and some good press. Like, we've gotten some good PR. I think that also helps. Um, but, yeah, it's a lot of word of mouth and a lot of Instagram. Yeah. Um, so who runs Instagram for you? Do you guys have uh, It's been like a conglomerate, quite frankly. Like, okay. it's, it's, it takes a village for our Instagram. I think we would like to get it to a place where, like, you're our social media manager. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's the next step of our business, like, because we don't have that position. So... Like Teresa, the owner is really good at like getting with other folks that help create our content for our email marketing and XYZ and be like, can we put this on a schedule? And then we have one of our previous employees actually doing the posting kind okay. of based on the schedule okay. that we created. But honestly, I can't take a lot of credit for that. I'm good at auditing and modifying that, but I am not good at um um the like remember to post today. Yeah, yeah. Like, the scheduling. Like a once a month marketing. Thing that says like yeah or like hey that verbiage is getting a little cutesy like yeah. that's not on brand you know like i'm good at that part but i'm not actually posting um so there's like three or four hands in it yeah but i think that's the next step of our business is transitioning to that kind of central piece so do you think like this model that you guys have developed at mendocino grove like can this be like replicated elsewhere is is it like oh hey you know we're we're in norcal like we've got this like cool climate like going on like meaning like we've got these coastal views we, we we're, we're positioned well right near near the bay area like is this is this like a model that you all talk about or think about sort of just being able to kind of like clone elsewhere and, and i think or, it can i think it can be cloned and i think others have tried yeah i mean there's there's two people, there's two things that make Mendocino Grove, Mendocino Grove. It's the property and the people. Yeah. So can you recreate this property elsewhere? You'd have to find special properties, yeah. right? So like, yes, there are special properties all over the country, yeah. right? But that is definitely part of the magic of Mendocino Grove. Yeah. And then the other piece of it is the people. Yeah. So if you trust your hiring manager and your general manager, which in my sense is myself and the previous general manager. Yeah. So it's like you get that historic knowledge together. Um, so if you have the right values in your hiring practices, that can also be recreated. Yeah. But that's really the magic in Mendocino Grove is the property and the people. So that's the secret sauce. I think others have tried, and I know that there's other brands where you like look at their website and like, oh, that's Mendocino Grove's website, like to the T, like yeah. <laughs> you know, heading bar, video heading bar review. Yeah. And then you look at their screenshot of the the furnishings. I'm like, yeah, that's okay. They were our visitors that like take that as a compliment, but it's like same bed frame, you know, table lamps, yeah. rug, entry, like, you know, so it's a compliment um, as long as it's at arm's reach away, yeah. you know, when it starts like getting into the same market, then you get in your feelings about it a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of where our, I think it can be replicated. Are we going to replicate? To be determined. Yeah. I mean, we're doing a 50-unit motel renovation six miles up the road and oh, wow. turning it from a motel into a mini resort. Okay. So that we can have an indoor 
Yes. Yeah. Experience yeah. And an outdoor experience in the same kind of general area. So yeah. we'll have Mendocino Grove and Mendocino Cove. Oh, I love it, dude. That's yeah. that's brilliant. That's smart. Okay, so yeah, Mendocino uh, Cove will feel like a resort. It's got tennis courts, it's got pickleball, it's gonna have a swimming pool, it's got sauna, gym, uh, private, kind of basically private beach access. So, yeah. Do you think, and that that's all amazing. So uh, on the sort of like the people in the place thing, I think it's so interesting. Like when you meet people like you guys who you've, you've you know, cracked the nut, so to speak, on on, on how to deliver this great experience. Um, obviously, I don't actually know your numbers, um, but like it, it seems like you guys have, you've, you've learned a lot around like, okay, where you need to be from an operation standpoint, where you need to be in order to generate the the profit that you all need to continue to invest and, and grow Mendocino Grove's offerings, its amenities and whatnot. I feel like it's so it's so interesting. Like when when you have when you have the people in the place kind of like working well, and you figured out sort of that that niche that niche you know market that you're that you're gonna go after. I feel like those that those are the individuals that we need to help like scale this. It, it, what ends up I feel like inevitably happening is like somebody goes to Mendocino Grove that has a lot of money, right? They leave Mendocino Grove and they decide, oh, I'm going to go do this in Austin, outside of Austin, Texas. I'm going to go do this, right? Like somewhere in the Carolinas, I'm going to go. And and the problem is like they they look at it as from a pure from pure investment standpoint, right? Like getting up and running with a collection of 20, 30, 40, 50 tents, whatever it is. It's way cheaper than even doing that with tiny homes, right? Or or, or right. doing like the getaway model, like with these these yeah. really you know small, beautiful like prefab, in nature, yeah, yeah prefab prefab homes, right? It's 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 way easier to do this, right? But I think the problem is that like the the people component, I think, is is what's often missing, right? Is like the 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 knowledge around what it takes to cultivate a true experience, regardless of like the type of structure that you're staying in, right? Like that that's where the magic lives, like that's where the right. magic happens, and so. I don't know. Like I, I just hope that you guys can at least be included in these conversations for, for for folks that are trying to replicate this model. It's it's a really cool model, by the way. I love the model, and I think it should be replicated. Yeah. But it would be cool. Like I, I'd love for you guys to be a part of that replication. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. No. I mean, it's truly like you're still it's still service, right? Yeah. It's still hospitality. I mean, from a from a straight business investment standpoint, it's a home run, right? Like yeah. you're just doing this at a cost that's that it seems easy. You can usually find a way to make it pencil, right? It usually always pencils from a profit man margin perspective and a cap rate and whatever metrics you need to use. Because I also sell real estate, so it helps my like funding of like, yeah, that location's not gonna work. Yeah. <laughs> so like from a business perspective it's always going to pencil yeah. right you can justify it um you can look at the hotel rates and be like the best western is charging 300 dollars, and i know this is way better yeah yeah right? even yeah. if it's in a tent yeah so if you're not in the industry it's very easy to get in that trap but then once you get in and you realize like no this is seven days a week for six months in a row non-stop and the expectations are even higher than staying in a hotel because a hotel is a self-contained unit yeah. where people are culturally get are used to getting left alone. Yeah. Camping is not that same experience. Like you're inundated by the wildlife, other campers, you know, the logistics of it all. There's so much more that goes into that. So in theory, you're creating a place that's cheaper than a hotel or a prefab or a single unit. But the level of service that's expected is three times. So, like, <laughs> like if you don't have that, if, if you're not going into that with eyes wide open, you're going to get smacked in the face and you're going to have a 40-unit 
glamping campground in a good market with not the bandwidth and the wherewithal or the endurance and that has been trained in other hotel and service provider companies. Yeah. No, so, 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 so well said, Jacob. Like, I love it. Um, On that note, do you guys, so I, I'm always curious about uh, places like your alls where you've got multiple units. I think you said you have like 60 tents, right? Do you guys have any sort of like membership? Or like, are, is there like any sort of paid membership component or like, hey, like if you come, you know, three times or more per season, uh, you know, well, you get a discount on your, your, your return rate. Like, do you guys have any membership program in place? We have like a happy camper club that we've kind of like kind of dabbled in and okay. which like, um, what's nice about our program is it like tells you the number of stays right away. It's like kind of front and center. So yeah. like if guests are getting it to the three to the five stay mark, there's definitely perks that we're just like sprinkling in and surprising. Yeah. I think that that's also um, a maturation of the business is really dialing in that piece. Yeah. So in theory, my yes, is it kind of being best utilized and no, does it need to be flushed out some more for sure? Yeah. Um, but like we try to reward our return guests and we have that list and there's special like book, like promo codes that like get sent to our top 50 stays or we'll do direct marketing to them specifically with incentives yeah. outside of the rest of our email list. Yeah. So I think that those returning guests are seeing different mark. Well, I know they're seeing different marketing materials and incentives than just someone who stayed one time. One time. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. We, are, we are extrapolating it, but I think there is an opportunity for us as a brand to, to do that. I mean, obviously third party vendors like stash rewards have approached us and other people would love us to like sign on to their platform to make that happen. Yeah. And um, we're just not there yet because I'm really sensitive to, to the interfacing of it at all. And if it doesn't interface with the PMS, it's not worth my time. Yep. Yep. So true. So, so, so true. Um, and I take away for any other new glamper entrepreneurs, like if it doesn't interface it, just don't add it to your program. Yeah. Like, it's too hard to manage save yourself. The man, the more manual legwork that you have to do for a guest automation, right? Like the whole point is like the automation, but you're doing manual work for that. Then you're like working in an opposite force of what the product is meant to do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so well said. Um, dude, this is awesome. I, I am so like, I, I'm excited about what you guys are doing. This is great. Uh, I, I really do want to encourage folks who are tuning in, um, who are entrepreneurs who are thinking about a model like this to, to reach out and and get to know a little bit more they should just go and stay at mendocino grove and just do some market research um and and understand what uh you guys have cultivated what's unique about it and uh and then of course ask you and any questions that might have that they might have but my my last kind of big question for you is around any just like hot takes or predictions that you have on on like the future of travel and hospitality. So you've been in the industry for a while. You're doing something really cool with this clamping resort. You guys are you know growing and you're going to be uh, creating this uh, you know in, uh, motel renovation that's going to be an indoor resort. Like so you you've got a lot your your hands in like a lot of different things, which means you probably also have perspective on a lot of different things. So like what are some what are some hot takes and or uh, and or predictions that you have on the future of the industry? I think that the hospitality industry overall will continue to shift to independent owners, small hotel lodging groups, boutique lodging groups, portfolios of, let's say, 12 properties or less. Hmm. Right? I think that there has been historically a lot of confidence and security around big brands and knowing that experience. And I think that will stay. But if you're a new person entering the travel market or if you have no brand loyalty, right, if you're a young 
person or your corporate business is not paying to earn those points yeah. at that specific brand and you have the autonomy to choose whatever you want for your per diem, like company culture is shifting the way some of those travelers are are making decisions, mm. right? So like it used to be very strict around like these three brands at this per diem XYZ. Now it's completely different. It's like you that that employee is getting autonomy to choose their their location and where they want to stay. Yeah. Um, so that's something to consider there. So I do think that there's a shift to go boutique independent. Um, so that's one thing that we can expect to continue. Do I think that all of a sudden like MGM is going to buy out AutoCamp? No, I don't. <laughs> think so. Is AutoCamp continue to grow? Yes. Is Canvas, you know, under Canvas as a meeting, outdoor meeting now company that's starting to like blossom, is that going to grow? Yes. But um, I, I don't see this consolidation into big corporates. I see this as an independent traveler trend. Um, as far as traveling goes, it's interesting. I think that uh, we are getting, uh, we're getting more narrow as a nation in our thinking hmm. and it's getting more like kind of condensed into different very few schools of thoughts instead of many schools of thoughts right yeah. so with that herd kind of mentality going on how does that impact the travel i think that it it definitely shrinks where people are traveling i mm. think that like if you're um if you're in austin or if you're in the south that your bubble might just like stay there right yeah. like if you're in norcal and you're like, okay, I'll go to LA or I'm a Californian. I'm just probably, I'd rather more explore what's in my backyard. Hmm. So hmm. I expect that the out of state travel to kind of decrease. Interesting. And then I would encourage entrepreneurs to be doubling down on their immediate area, huh. their four hour circumference, their three hour circumference, or whatever makes most sense for you. Like if you're in the Midwest, right? If you're in Chicago, because 90s right there, your your scope is your radius is larger, right? Yeah. Because it's easy to get on the highway and, you know, and just make it happen and go different places. But if you're in a market where it's just like one road in, one road out, you better have everybody on that road over to dinner every weekend. You yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> like you have to be really considerate of like who's in your market and who your stakeholders are. Yeah. But I don't see like this cross state traveling. I don't like the I don't see road trips having some resurgence right like yeah. so if you're marketing to the road trip people that's not happening i mean i don't see that's happening i think a 21 year old in college is just as comfortable getting on a plane and like going away for a week with their friends yeah than like road tripping across the country for a week, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 very very yeah yeah super interesting i would say those are hot takes first. that's my hot take yeah. is that like if you're in Michigan, then, you know, you should be marketing to Minnesota, Michigan, Ohio, Chicago, but like throwing some ads up on the East coast or the West coast, my friends is not, not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, this has been great, man. You're, you're awesome. You've got lots of ideas. You've got super cool perspective. I uh, really appreciate you taking time to share a little bit of your story, share a little bit about uh, Mendocino Grove's story with us. If folks want to reach out and, and get in touch and or follow y'all, what, what, what's the best way for them to do so? Yeah, definitely follow us on, on Instagram, please. Um, like people can connect to, with me directly on my LinkedIn. Jacob Halverson is my LinkedIn page. It says Mendocino Grove, general manager. 
Um, and you can see all the fun jobs underneath that. <laughs> um, the, um, email's great. And also, you know, come see us, but yeah, yeah we're pretty open. Like we like, we like champing. Like I call myself the chief cheerleader for Mendocino. Girl. I love it. I love it. So, yeah. That's, that's, I'm going to change my official title to that. Nice. Chief cheerleader. Yeah, general manager is so old school, man. You know? That's old school. This yeah. is Jacob, who's cheerleader of Mendocino Growth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, dude, this has been great. Thanks so much for your time. And I'll go ahead and drop all those links in the show notes below. So if you want to go follow Mendocino Grove or connect with Jacob, just scroll on down to the show notes and those links will be very uh, readily accessible. Thanks so much for your time, man. Thank you, Zach. Have a good day. Hey friends, hope you've enjoyed today's show. If you are an Airbnb host or know an Airbnb host who'd like to come on the show, please send me an email at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com and we will chat. Behind the Stays is brought to you each week by Spontaneous, a carefully curated weekly newsletter that brings you the best last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. It's sort of like Scott's cheap flights, but for Airbnb. You can sign up once again for free at spontaneous.com. Last but certainly not least, I didn't believe in Marie Kondo's whole spark joy mantra until I started podcasting. Now, my joy is sparked every time I see a new subscriber roll in. So please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And so you add a little spark to my joy fire today. Okay, that was kind of weird, but um, we're going to roll with it. Subscribe um, and thanks in advance. All right, everyone. See you next time.